morning and welcome to Alger Assembly of God. We do welcome you here to Mother's Day. Always a great opportunity to honor and to reflect on mothers and, and grandmothers and special women who have special place in our hearts and in our lives. And, and let me just pause and take a moment, look right into the camera and say to my mom, Emily Andreasen in Missouri, Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Mom watches our services through our YouTube channel, so uh, she will catch that probably next week or so. Uh, you can catch our services uh, through Facebook. Uh, our videos are on there as well as our YouTube channel. Just simply look up Alger Assembly of God in either place. You miss a day, you miss a Sunday, you miss a service, and you can follow through with us. Certainly as you think back to uh, maybe your mother, you think back to many things that you have learned. How many of you, you know, you're reflecting, you would say, I learned a whole bunch of stuff from my mom. Well, there's a lot of things that we would say we might have learned. And, you know, maybe some of you have learned from your mom about time travel. Any, any of you learn about time travel from your mom? Because maybe she said this, if you don't straighten up, I'll knock you into the middle of next week. She's teaching about time travel. Maybe uh, your mom taught you about irony. Irony. Maybe your mom said this, you keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. Irony. Maybe your mom taught you about the science of osmosis. Maybe you heard this phrase, shut your mouth and eat your dinner. Osmosis. Maybe your mom taught you about the weather. Your room looks as if a tornado has come through here. And you were about to argue and tell her what a real tornado was, and he thought better about it. Maybe your mom taught you about hypocrisy. Because she might have said, if I told you once, I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. Hypocrisy. Maybe your mom taught you about anticipation. Maybe you heard the phrase, you just wait till your father gets home. Maybe your mom, in some strange way, taught you about humor. You might have heard the phrase as you were goofing off outside mowing the lawn. She might have said, when that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't you come running to me. Maybe your mom taught you about justice. Because invariably, you might have heard this phrase. One day... You might have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. You learn justice, too. No doubt there's a lot of things that we look to and we have learned from when it comes to our, our mom, our grandma, as well at the same token, as we think back and we reflect and we remember, sometimes it's also a challenging day when maybe our grandmother or mother is not here, some of those special individuals who have invested in our hearts and in our lives. And sometimes today can be a challenging day. Sometimes any day can be a challenging day. We saw many hands lifted up to indicate I've got a need. There's a need in my life, in my body, in my, in my family, in our situation. And, and I would venture to say so many of us at many points in time, we face needs, struggles, hardships, difficulties, probably needing something miraculous from the Lord. Maybe it's involving family or friendships or job or finances. Maybe it's involving health or 
other circumstances, but we go through life or we go through our day, we go through our week, and we face things that we don't know what to do. In the midst of difficulties, we need some help. We need some solutions. So today we're going to look at the Word of God, and we're going to investigate one mother who is in a very difficult situation. This is an unnamed mother. In fact, she's listed in the Gospel of Matthew. Mark, the Gospel of Mark, also writes about her. So she's listed in two Gospels. Neither one gives her a name. You know, we, we read about uh, Eve. We read about Deborah and Esther and Ruth. A lot of women in the Old Testament. We read of Mary and Martha and, and many women in the New Testament. This particular mother is not named she was facing a pretty large difficulty, pretty large struggle. It seemed as if everything was stacked against her. What we're about to see is she provides a little bit of a model for you and I to follow when seeking a miracle. This is not just something for mothers, whether a mother or not, whether a uh, man or woman, married or single, young or young at heart. Save myself there. Whatever case, whatever situation you might be in, there's a number of principles that hopefully we will learn from this particular mother in Scripture that will help us seek a miracle. So I invite you to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 15. Let me just catch you up to speed with what took place in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, it was a pretty mighty miracle of God. This is one of those that we wish we could have been there. This was the feeding of 5,000 people in Matthew chapter 14. I mean, can you imagine 5,000 people plus being fed from this small lunch. So there's this mighty miracle. Jesus is, is doing provision. He's doing healings. He's teaching. And in early part of Matthew chapter 15, there's a discussion with the Pharisees, these religious leaders who would argue and wrestle. And, and though they were the spiritual and religious leaders, they were at odds with Jesus. Now, Jesus would leave the Jewish territory to head north with the core group of his disciples. In fact, Mark's gospel said that Jesus didn't want anyone to know where he was. There were, there were times and occasions we see in Scripture where Jesus would go off by himself to pray. There were occasions in Scripture where Jesus would kind of leave the multitudes and the masses behind and, and uh, maybe pause for a little bit of quiet, but... How many of you know Jesus Christ with miracles and teachings and, and some incredible things, people just always seem to find him. And it's not as if he had, you know, GPS on his cell phone where people could just track him down. But people would always seem to find where Jesus was. They would seem to know about him. It, it, the notoriety was inescapable. So we come to Matthew chapter 15, and verse 21 and 2 kind of sets up the story. It says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. 
We see this first principle that we're going to hope to follow from her is this. I want to challenge us to live desperate. Let me tell you what I mean. Sometimes we hear desperate or desperation as in crazy people doing crazy things. Not desperate doing crazy things. Desperate as in living in desperation and acknowledging we've got a mighty big need, but desperately seeking the one who can help. Live desperate. She was desperate because of her daughter's desperate situation. The scripture here says, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Other versions or translations would say my daughter is suffering terribly. She is vexed greatly. Now this daughter, uh, demon possessed, there could have been some insane behavior, maybe like the man in the tombs or uh, maybe uh, seizures as in other cases and situation. But this is not just the physical, this is the spiritual component. That's a pretty difficult situation. And on top of the physical and on top of the spiritual, the fact that it is her daughter. How many of you realize that, you know, when you face a difficulty or a situation, sometimes you just kind of tough it out and you try to get through. But when your child is affected, how many of you go into a little different mode? I mean, you know, if it's you, you're like, well, let's just try to make it through the day, make it through the week, you know, let's forget about doing this or that. But when your child is affected, sometimes you feel powerless to help. True? You're like, well, if I, if I could just take what you're going through, if I could face it instead, that's what many parents might say. And yet here's this mother, her daughter is facing this. It's a desperate situation, difficult situation on its own, and she feels powerless to help. Maybe that describes a number of you in here today, a number of you watching or listening. You would say, I feel powerless. The situation that I'm facing, that difficulty that, that is staring me in the face, it's physical, it's financial, it's relational, it's at, it's at the workplace, it's in my home, it's in the school system, it's out in the community, whatever that situation is, maybe you feel powerless and unsure of what to do, where to turn. I want to encourage us, like this woman, to live in desperation, acknowledge the needs, but in desperation, bring those needs to Jesus, the one that can help. We see in the text here, it says in verse 22 that she was crying out, have mercy on me. So the crying is not necessarily that she's kind of off in a corner and there's just kind of tears dripping down her face. It's crying as in verbally shouting, calling for his attention. Jesus, hey, me over here. Need. You want to talk about crying out you want to talk about some desperation she's calling out to the one who she believes can help why is she frantic it's because this daughter is facing an incredible need being possessed of a demon she's not knowing what to do not knowing where to turn she turns to jesus in fact in mark's gospel mark 7 25 tells us that the woman had heard of him so even though Jesus had left the uh, you know, Israel area, the Jewish area, he was going north quite a few miles. 
all the stuff that he was doing, his teachings, his healings, his miracles, it spread. And maybe the, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 people spread, and she'd heard that mighty miracle. Maybe she'd also heard about healing other individuals who were demon-possessed. The man possessed by the legion of demons thinking, hey, if he's able to do that, maybe he can do this for my daughter as well. No doubt this is a, a woman, this is a mother who has probably done everything she knows to do and nothing works. You ever been there in that situation? You're, you're facing a difficulty, and you're trying this, and you're trying that, and you're talking to this person, you're talking to that person. You're, you're trying to find some help, some relief, some care, and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. So she turns to the place and to the person you and I need to turn to, and that's Jesus. She desperately calls out, desperately cries to Jesus. No doubt she had probably sought some of the uh, physical doctors or medicines of the day, maybe some of the uh, folk cures or remedies. This is a Canaanite woman. She's not out seeking Eshman, the nation's God of healing. She's seeking out Jesus. She's desperate, and she turns to the one she believes can help. She sees Jesus perhaps as her only hope. I don't know what all the difficulties or what all the challenges and hardships and struggles might be represented in a place like this, but what I can encourage you with is the place to go, the person to go, and to turn to is Jesus. You and I can call out. You and I can cry out to Jesus. Jesus, help. Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, come into my situation. The many hands that were raised just a, a few moments ago, that's what we are seeking to do. The encouragement from this mother is, in desperation, call out and turn to Jesus. He's the one that can help in our situations. Seeking a miracle, need something mighty to happen in your life and in your situation, desperately seek out, desperately call out for God's help. It's the second principle that I think she encourages us with this mother in Matthew chapter 15, and that's this. I believe we ought to stay persistent. Stay persistent. There's a lot of challenges and hardships and difficulties that will arise. She was staying persistent even in the midst of some discouragement. I continue in the text, verse 23, it says, He, meaning Jesus, did not answer her a word. Hmm. Maybe you've been in that kind of a situation. Ever been in a situation where you're coming to Jesus, you're calling upon Jesus, you're crying out to Jesus, praying and seeking, and it seems like he's not even listening? It's the proverbial phrase that you pray, and it's like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. Ever been in a situation like that where it feels like nothing is happening? Here she is. She's face to face with Jesus. In desperation, she's calling out to him. And the first response is not a response. 
He did not answer a word. Maybe she's feeling the way some in this room might feel. Maybe she was feeling as if he didn't know anything about her situation. Or he didn't seem to care about her situation. Or he simply wasn't listening to her. I want to encourage you today. He does hear. He does know. And he does care about what is important to you. If it's something that is important to us, it's important to him. If there's a need in our lives, it is important to him. So she's calling out, crying out, doesn't hear anything. And so in the midst of discouragement, she stays persistent. Some of the greatest lessons in our life are often learned when it seems like God is silent. When it seems as if nothing's happening, when it seems as if he's not listening, sometimes there's some incredible lessons that we can learn. And in this silence, sometimes we, we look at that and, and we think, oh, why wouldn't he answer immediately? Some think that the silence was done to destroy her. The silence was done to develop, to encourage some persistence in her life. When nothing is happening, pray. When everything is happening, pray. No matter what is taking place in our hearts and in our lives, continue to have that desperation to say, God, I'm turning to you. I'm going to persistently seek you, persistently pray to you. She was persistent in spite of the discouragement, in spite of some opposition. Verse 23 says, his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she's crying out after us. You know, the, the disciples, the, the, the inner core, the, the board members, if you would, the, they're saying, hey, Jesus, boy, she's really kind of messing some things up here. She won't shut up. Just get rid of her so we can keep doing whatever it is that we think we're supposed to do. There's some opposition here. So the disciples were against her, but as we mentioned earlier, it seemed as if the, the odds were stacked against her. She's a woman. She's a Canaanite. She's not a Jew. She's a Gentile. And so seemingly the, the things that where she might think, okay, these are strikes against me, and on top of that now the disciples are against me, and, and, and they're just wanting me to be quiet, that would be certainly enough for her or for anybody else to just simply say, I guess I'll just give up. I guess that's, that's all. I've prayed. I've asked God. Nothing's happened. God must not hear. God must not know. God must not care. I'm going to walk away. She didn't. She stayed persistent in the midst of opposition. In fact, a verse or two later mentions that she continued. She got his attention and knelt before him. The opposition did not keep her from calling out to Jesus. She stayed persistent. I want to encourage each of us today. Don't let anyone and don't let anything keep us from seeking the Savior. He's the one who can help. He's the one who can heal or bless or provide or guide or encourage or direct. He's got the resources and the answers. 
So don't give up. Don't quit. Stay persistent. Even when you're discouraged, even when it seems like nothing's happening, even when it seems like you don't hear anything taking place, even in the midst of opposition, even in the midst of delays, stay persistent. What's our time frame for things? Our time frame is now, right away, or yesterday, whichever comes first. We're often not the most patient people. And so if we want something, and so we pray for it, if we don't get it, chances are we get a little frustrated, or we get a little irritated, or at the very least, disappointed and discouraged that nothing's happening my prayer's not being answered, that, well, this person over here was praying, and boy, this person seems to be doing better, but now this person's not. Or this person had this mighty financial miracle. Why can't it happen for me? We, we see and we compare, and as a result, many times get discouraged. She stayed persistent even in spite of what seemed like it would be a delay. These next several verses are very interesting and almost a little controversial. Verse 24, Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but she came and knelt before him. So she continued. In spite of opposition and in spite of everything else, in spite of the disciples saying, get rid of her, in spite of even Jesus and his interesting response, she came, she knelt, she said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So initially, she didn't hear anything from Jesus, and that's discouraging. Then she hears something from Jesus, and it comes off sounding not so good. It comes off sounding derogatory. It comes off sounding like, we better cancel Jesus. And yet she was persistent. Jesus is saying it's not right to take the children's bread, throw it to the dogs. Many of the Jews of that day would refer to Gentiles, the non-Jews, in a derogatory fashion as dogs. So we read this and we think, wow, Jesus is saying that? There's a couple different words for dogs in the Greek. One is for the unclean street dog, more of the mongrel, which is more of what the Jews would say derogatorily against the Gentiles. The one that Jesus uses is the second form. More of the home little dog. More of a pet, so to speak. They didn't quite have uh, the, the dogs as pets as much as we would do today, but it was this second gentler term that Jesus uses. What's he saying? He's saying, in a home, in a family, you're going to seek and take care of the children before you take care of the dogs or the pets. Now, in some houses, that's debatable. How many of you right about now, you're like, I'm not quite so sure. You know, that dog or that cat or whatever in my household gets treated pretty good. Okay, we got some houses like that. What's he saying? He's saying in the household, you're going to take care of the kids first before you take care of the animals or the pets. And so spiritually, he's saying... The the blessings, the guidance, the direction is going to go towards the house of Israel, towards the Israelites before to the Gentiles. 
He's got a responsibility to the Jews. Gentiles will get their part, but not quite yet. In fact, in the Gospel of Mark, Mark records Jesus saying, let the children be satisfied first. So in that particular case and context and that phrasing, it's saying, hey, the children are going to get fed. The children are going to get the blessings first before anyone else, before these other animals. But she didn't give up. First, Jesus was silent. Then Jesus gives a puzzling answer. And instead of walking away saying, well, I guess nothing's going to happen, she continues, Lord, help me. We're going to see these next couple of verses. She responds, but in spite of the delay, where it sounds like Jesus is saying, well, maybe there could be something, but certainly not now. In this little illustration, the children are going to be taken care of first. That's difficult for you and I. Because when we have a need, if we've got a, a body that needs healing, if we've got finances that need providing, if we've got a... a relationship that somehow needs to be restored, we don't want to wait. We want our answer, and we want it now. So here's the woman, and it sounds like she's hearing, there could be the potential of something, but not right now, and yet she continues. Continues to be persistent in seeking and asking and requesting for Jesus and his help. The final principle that we see in, in the end of this passage is the encouragement to remain faith-filled. Stay filled with faith. Though Jesus initially was quiet, then Jesus answers in an interesting way. And in verse 27, check this out. She says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, oh, woman, Great is your faith. How awesome would that be to hear from the Lord? Wow, you've got some incredible faith. In the midst of this challenge, in the midst of what you're facing, you are faith-filled, he says. Be it done for you as your desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. The encouragement is stay filled with faith. Trust in God and in His mercy. The response was interesting. Jesus is saying, you know, that the children would get fed before the dogs. Now, again, some of you, you know, your, your pups, your little ones, you know, you feed them and take care of them. And in our house, our, our little furry pet shadow, he gets taken care of pretty well. Now, Shadows, you know, he's got a, a food allergy, and because of his food allergies, he develops this stuff in his ears, and it's, it's really dark and sticky and smelly. And, and so he, he had to have his, his diet changed to different kind of dog food and then no table scraps because the, the thing was we didn't know what all it was that was uh, allergic to in, in the food. So you just got to wipe it all out, shift him to a different kind of dog food, no scraps. The vet said there's a handful of things that he can have. You know, apples, carrots, uh, pumpkin. So I'm not sure how many houses do this, but our house always, without a doubt, will always have a bag of baby carrots in the fridge. So no matter whatever we might have for a meal, 
You're going to hear this cut, 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 cut. Little baby carrots cut up into little pieces. And all four of us get little baby carrots so that as we're eating our food, it looks like we're throwing him pieces of his food. It's incredible. Now, he gets fed. But we're not going to feed Shadow and then hope to give Autumn and Brooklyn some leftovers. No, no, no. That's backwards. And so this woman is saying, yes, I understand that the children would be fed first. But she's like, hey, don't the dogs, don't the, don't the pets even get some scraps or some crumbs or some leftovers? She's basically saying, Jesus, I've got enough faith in you that the crumbs from you are going to be more than enough. We'll talk about some faith. This woman had faith that the crumbs would be more than enough. She says, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. The blessing you have, the healing you have, the provision you have, the comfort and guidance and direction, all the stuff that comes from you is so great, I'll gladly take crumbs, leftovers, tiny slivers of baby carrots, whatever you got, Jesus. There's faith-filled woman. She's trusting in his mercy. She knew she hadn't done anything of herself. She's calling upon his mercy. You and I can call upon God's mercy. We can't earn it. We can't, and we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve the blessings of the Lord, and yet we can call upon him. It was a, an old Dennis the Menace cartoon. In the newspaper and showed Dennis and his friend Joey walking out of their neighbor Mrs. Wilson's house with cookies in their hand. Uh, Joey was wondering what they had done to deserve cookies. Dennis the Menace explained it this way. He said, Mrs. Wilson doesn't give us cookies because we are nice. We get cookies because Mrs. Wilson is nice. It's a perfect illustration of us and God. We don't receive miracles. We don't receive salvation. We don't receive his insight and guidance and direction and the challenges of life because we are so awesome. It's because of his mercy. It's because he is good that he blesses. It's because he is good he guides and directs. It's because he is good he provides comfort and peace. This woman remained faith-filled and was seeking Jesus. In her faith, she was trusting in and believing in his power. This is interesting that three different times throughout this passage, she uses that word, Lord, Lord, Lord. She's saying, you've got, the, you've got the goods. You are able to step into this situation and help. In fact, she even talked about him as the son of David. There's something about you that is mighty and powerful and can step into the situation I face. She's believing in his power. She doesn't have the power. No doubt she'd gone and, and sought everyone and everything to try to help her daughter. She's coming to the one who can. She believed in his power to answer. 
I don't know all of the details that you might be facing, physical, financial, relational, spiritual, emotional, whatever the challenges might be, there's a God who loves you, who cares about you, and who is able to step into our situations. Trust and believe in his power. Then Jesus commended her for her faith. Woman, great is your faith. This woman seemed to have no plan B. I mean, she probably tried everything else. She's coming to Jesus. She is persistent. She's staying on it. She's saying, Jesus, you can help. I don't have any any place else to turn. I'm calling upon you. She's trusting his ability to meet her desperate need. And in this situation, Jesus did exactly that. Her daughter was healed instantly. Now, there's a a good news and a challenge to that. The good news is his healing power is still available today. His providing power is available today. His comforting power is available today. The challenge for you and I is we read this and he says, be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. That's really what every single one of us wants. An instant healing, an instant provision, an instant resolution. To instantly hold on to a microphone and not drop it. That's what we want. What we want is something, and we want it now. And the challenge is, when we pray and we seek and we don't receive it now, we don't receive it instantly, we can get discouraged. We go back to that second thought, that second phrase, She was persistent. She remained and stayed persistent in her seeking of the Lord. I don't always understand why this one's healed and this one is not. I don't always understand how this financial need is met and this one is still struggling to be met. I don't always understand everything about every situation. But what I do understand is there's a God who does know who does hear, who does care, and is able to meet needs. So what do we do? Seeking a miracle, facing a difficulty, facing a a tragedy, a, a challenge, a hardship in our life. We live desperate for God's help because we know we can't face it on our own. We stay persistent and we don't give up. Maybe we've prayed, and we've prayed, and we've prayed, and it seems like nothing's happening. It seems like nobody's listening. It seems as if there's no resolution. Keep praying. Keep seeking Him. And finally, remain faith-filled, filled with faith, trusting in Him, trusting in His mercy, trusting in His power, trusting in His love, trusting as well in His timing. This woman, her daughter was healed instantly. In some cases, there were healings that took place after a period of time. In other cases, situations, people still faced struggles. You and I remain filled with faith, 
Trust his power. Trust his timing. 